0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Wild Alaska Pollock, the fish of the future. Learn more and try a free sample at wildakpollock.com.
2: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network
3: Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum, and I love to talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. If you're just tuning in for the first time, all the previous episodes of Feast Your Ears are available in the archives at heritageradionetwork.org. I want to make sure that everybody listening today, I want you all to go right now. It is Cyber Monday. Point your browser to www.heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. That's G-A-L-A. And buy tickets next Monday night, December 3rd, in the Palm House at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. We are having our annual fundraiser. It is super fun. It is the most delicious night of the year, in my opinion. I will be making ceviche this year with my friend, Lena Diaz who is from Green Grape Provisions. We're going to be using fish from Greenpoint Fish and Lobster. Uh, Lots of other things. I understand that there is going to be an ice luge, um, hopefully with vodka or something else going down it. I'm not really sure, but it's going to be awesome. Uh, We raise a lot of money through the gala. There's auction items. There's prizes. There's games. You get to hang out with me. Um, And it supports Heritage Radio Network. So what could be better than that? Uh, next year is our tenth anniversary, so we want to get, we want to start the year strong. And please come out and celebrate with us. It's a beautiful room. It's a it's a great event, um, and it's totally totally worth it. So please go online, buy some tickets. Big thank you today to our sponsor, Wild Alaska Pollock. Uh, apparently, it's the fish of the future, but I think it's also the fish of the past. We could have a whole separate show, I guess, about that. Today's theme, butter. It was good. And then it was bad. And now it's the best it's ever been. First it was milk. Cream floats to the top, made up of butterfat, protein, and a little bit of water. Then it's skimmed. Then it's churned. Then it's washed and folded and stored, taking all those fats and collecting them together into a product that is hard at refrigerated temperature, soft and spreadable at room temperature, and liquefies around 95 degrees Fahrenheit. I use it nearly every day, and I imagine many of you do too. When I was a kid, there was no butter. It was bad for you back in the early 80s. We only had margarine, which seemed fine to me since I didn't know any better. It was about the same, was hard in the fridge, soft and spreadable at room temperature, as far as I could tell it tasted like butter, though we didn't use it for cooking. That's what oils were for. And now, looking back as I wrote this, I realized there was one place we always had butter. We had it in cookies. I'm not sure why my mother decided that butter was okay in cookies but was poison on toast. Maybe since we were eating the other, more modern poison, sugar, along with it, she felt it was just as well to lump them together. Now, of course, in the food world, many of us inhabit their seemingly endless array of choices when buying solid churned cream. Finland and Ireland have both thrown their hats into our national ring as far as butters go. You can find them in most grocery stores. There's great butter from Maine and elsewhere on our home turf. The Paleo and Bulletproof crew are adding it to coffee and tea. I use it to saute, bake, make dough, and of course, to spread on toast. My guest today is Josh Green from Brooklyn Buttery, who is making excellent butters right here in the city of churches. Thanks, Josh, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So tell me about Brooklyn Buttery.
4: Yeah, uh, so Brooklyn Buttery was started in January of 2017. Uh, So it's almost two years now. And basically the mission I started Brooklyn Buttery with was to uh, bring compound butters out of high-end restaurant kitchens and bring them into uh, everyday cooking, uh, make them accessible to home chefs. Using unique but accessible flavors. Right now we have a sea salt, a sriracha, a maple, and a lemon. And uh, all those are great for not just spreading on toast, but also sauteing, baking, um, anything you really can imagine uh, that you'd want to put butter on and add a little bit of extra flavor. Uh, I like to kind of say it's a little hack for home cooks because, you know, instead of having to, you know, squeeze lemon juice and combine it with your butter, like for example, uh, on a piece of salmon. You just put a couple scoops of lemon butter on there and you're good to go. I mean, it also, it sounds to me like I don't do this personally.
3: I find the idea of putting butter in my coffee kind of gross, yeah. but uh, you know, people put lemon in their tea. And yeah. People who are putting butter in their tea could put your lemon butter in their tea.
4: Yeah. Um, I actually had someone who's come up to me um, at a demo I was doing and they were like, you know, your lemon, uh, not your lemon, the uh, maple butter is really good. Uh, if you want to put in coffee for like oh, a wow. bulletproof type coffee, so you sure. get that, that maple flavor as well. That's awesome. Um, I have to
3: say, um, when I first looked at your page and saw that you have the sriracha butter, sriracha yeah. butter is hands down, as far as I'm concerned, the best thing you can put on popcorn. Yeah. There is nothing better. I mean, I, I don't remember who taught me that. I did not figure it out myself. But, you know, I have one of those old school air poppers with the little chamber where you put the butter in yep. and the butter melts and you put a squirt of sriracha in there and that is it. There is no better.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, the sriracha butter on popcorn is is definitely a, a very, very good uh, treat. I like to have it every once in a while. For I sure. mean, I want
3: it now. Like I think after <laughs> this show, I'm going to go home and make some popcorn and put some sriracha <laughs> butter on it. Um, so. Tell me a little bit about your process. So there's
4: four flavors available right now. Um, You started out selling at
3: Farmer's Markets, right?
4: Yeah. So we started, um, well, Farmer's Markets was a little bit later, but we started just, uh, we got into, uh, you know, I kind of had this idea, I guess, in the fall of of 2016 to kind of pursue this. I was working uh, in corporate sales over at Staples, and I kind of wanted to get out uh, of that. And I wasn't really sure what my path forward was, but earlier uh the spring prior i had taken a uh, introductory to culinary arts course at the institute for culinary education and i immediately fell in love and i was like food is what i want to do uh with my life and i loved being in the kitchen i loved the whole process but i just didn't know if uh being a chef was exactly the right uh field for me in terms of in terms of hours and right. labor and kind of uh where i'd be going with that and uh you know uh so i thought about starting a food product and i saw there's this great scene in brooklyn uh, for artisanal food makers and just kind of uh, started exploring, playing with different recipes. Uh, we originally had 10 flavors, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, so additionally to, you know, the maple, sea salt, uh, lemon and sriracha, we had a smoked butter, uh, cinnamon honey, a chocolate agave. um Oh my god, a rosé as well, and I'm honestly a little—I <laughs> forgot a lot of the flavors. But I mean, that's, that's a but that's, that's a good it, spread, yeah. And 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 right
3: there is a reason why it's hard yeah. for a startup brand oh, to yeah. maintain so many different flavors because yeah. it's a lot. It's a big catalog. To yeah, start
4: big with. catalog, and and that's like one of the first things uh, you hear when you start a food company is that people are like, cut down your SKUs. Yeah. Don't have <laughs> don't, don't have like a ton of skews because all of a sudden you're making this product, this product, this product, and some might sell a lot better than the others, but you're still maintaining production on another flavor. Uh, Huge mess. Uh, Definitely uh, was over ambitious when we started, but uh, started throughout the summer, you know, when I did start selling these farmers markets, I started keeping track of data. Like we use square to track all the different purchases. And I kind of saw the flavors that were selling the best. And from there, after hearing that advice, cut down to the four flavors that I saw were selling the most, uh, and it really turned out those were probably the most accessible flavors to be used in, in cooking and, and not just as spreads. Right. Uh, so it kind of worked out that way, but yeah, there's definitely some trial and error with that. And there was a lot of, a lot of time making 10 flavors of, of <laughs> butter, which is, uh, very difficult. So tell me, tell me about the
3: process yeah. um, that you use. Are you, are you starting with someone else's butter? Are you starting yeah. from cream? How are you doing it?
4: Yeah. So, so we, we, we blend our butter. So we get, we get butter from, um, a cooperative based in Vermont that uses dairy from upstate New York and Vermont and they uh, they work with small farmers uh, it's hormone free uh, you know processing your own cream into butter uh, the facilities required for that is sure. just incredibly expensive like I would love to do that and uh, I you know when I first started out I was making my own butter from scratch using cream but uh, to do that on a commercial scale, you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of of dollars just to right. initially do that, and especially in the cooperative kitchens in the area, no one's really uh, qualified for that. And sure. there, there's only one kitchen cooperative kitchen in Brooklyn, uh, Hannah Kitchens, where we work out of that's even qualified for dairy work. Oh, okay, um, got it. Yeah, so so
3: you you weren't really. I mean, you were kind of if you were going to work in a shared kitchen space and cooperative kitchen in Brooklyn, Hannah kitchen was really your only choice. Yeah.
4: Hannah kitchens is our only choice. Um, you know, we looked at pilot works and, uh, I could say now looking back, thank God we didn't do that. Lucky you weren't there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that's kind of where we started. And, uh, I guess, uh, you know, it was, it's a, you know, coming from not really a professional cooking background, you know, you walk into this, uh, you know, industrial kitchen space with all these giant mixers and there's, tons of people running around. There's all this equipment you don't know how to use yet. And it was very intimidating doing that. And, uh, I think I told you, I guess, about the story from our, our first day in the kitchen. So like January of about two years ago, um, we get in there and it's me and, uh, my former partner at the time. And we, you know, start, we, we like start putting all the butter into the, into the mixer and, you know we're like we don't even know how to turn this thing on so <laughs> so thank god the attendant uh, who was working the kitchen uh he was like here this is how you do it and it, it was you know it's not like you're like hobart mixer that has like a button you press there's like a crank and you gotta shift it up in here and it's it's a little bit old school and i was like you know you gotta really kind of finesse it and know what you're doing and uh so he had it on at the right speed and i was like you know what it's not going fast enough let's turn it up so I turned it up, but instead of bringing it up one notch, I bring it up to full speed. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, yeah, so then the, the mixer just starts, like, the butter is flying everywhere. Like right. it's, it's literally like it's flying in my face. I have butter on my face. Uh, there's butter all over my clothes, my I can hair, see,
3: by the way, this is like an important scene in the biopic. Oh yeah. About you. <laughs> right. When like Brooklyn buttery becomes like the largest, like <laughs> compound butter company in the world yeah. in like 25 years. And they make a film about your, your beginnings. So this is like the scene. I can see it. Already.
4: Yeah, no, it definitely would be a funny scene. I think to watch in a movie because you're literally like covered in butter there's butter on the walls oh, there's God. all over the floor and again it's our first day and like i'm already feeling intimidated I'm like i'm not a professional cook like i'm just coming in here and i'm just trying to do my thing and i could tell the attendant like saw that and was like already like was like there's gonna be an issue today and then he walks over uh well he didn't walk over. i walk over to him and he's like looks at me like what haven't he like ugh, like and he and i'm like yeah we, we're having an issue and he comes over and he like shuts down the mixer and he's just like are you serious, man? Like just really upset with me. And he's, he's like, do you guys have degreaser for the floor at least to help me clean it up? You know, cause you have to like bring your own supplies, Diana. Right. And I was like, I don't even know what degreaser is at this point. <laughs> so I was like, no. And he's like, oh. and like, and he wound up having to clean up this whole mess. And it's, it's really funny. Cause now, um, he actually works for us part time. Oh, really? <laughs> um, when we do production runs, he, he, uh, is one of the guys, uh, um, Gabriel, who works in how to kitchens, he uh, he helps our he helps us do our production. It's really funny because he'll still like laugh with me about that story because he's like, right. look where you've gone from that day yeah. I first met you to now. <laughs> now we're making all this butter where you were just flying all over the place. So right. uh, that was our first day in the kitchen. So definitely, uh, you know, had to work out some kinks with that for sure. Um,
3: and so, so now, I mean, you have your four flavors that you're yeah. making. How big? What what kind of batch size are you working in?
4: So we usually do. Uh, you know, between 250 to 500 pounds at a time right now, we usually do like one production run to two production runs a month, depending on, uh, what's going on. Like over the summer when we were doing a lot of, uh, a lot of the stores in the Hamptons where we we're doing a lot of production for that, because, uh, you know, you have all these stores out there, there's people going there, they're cooking. Right. And so we had like an additional, like 25 stores we were servicing out there. Uh, but that you know, business kind of shuts down as soon as uh, Labor Day weekend hits. Yeah. So um, we are doing a lot of production of the summer and, and, you know, now we're, we're just, uh, just kind of getting on board with UNFI and uh, going to be hopefully, you know, it looks like we're going to be launching in uh, the Brooklyn whole foods in the next month or so. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're moving, you know, we're getting ready to do like massive production runs and kind of yeah. working out the logistics behind that. And, um, you know, really getting ready from growth from right now we're in, you know, about 55 independent stores. And, you know, that's me running around and, and bringing butter and doing the demos and doing the sales calls and checking on inventory. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're, we're looking at really expanding, uh, you know, with Unify and hopefully uh, with Whole Foods, hopefully our run goes well with them here and they decide to bring us nationally. And, right. um, you know, we're looking at getting a co-packer now and 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 moving to that next step, I think in the food startup space, where you know you're doing your own production, it starts getting traction. You have a distributor, then you uh, need a co-packing facility uh, yeah. because you know that in-between step before you can build your own facility, kind of thing.
3: Right, right. Because um, at this point, building your own yeah. facility is out of reach.
4: No, definitely but, out of reach. But doing yeah. large enough production runs yeah. in a shared space is
3: not realistic.
4: Yeah, it's not realistic, and um, you know, especially. You get much more control over the space when you're working with a co-packer. Um, you know, you're working in a totally different environment. Like they kind of are, you know, there's much more machinery involved. It's less, yeah. it's less labor intensive. Yep. Uh, and especially for me, it's like, I don't have to be there to supervise uh, after the first couple runs just to make sure they know what they're doing. But I can finally, uh, you know, take my hand out of that. So yeah. uh, focus more on growing the business, which should be exciting. Yeah, That's awesome. Now, can your butter suppliers handle the jump in volume? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Our butter suppliers can handle the volume. Um, yeah, we've finally kind of gotten our, our whole, you know, Um, suppliers together, which is really exciting. We have our processes like completely down and and we're able to mechanize it now in uh, a way that we can do volume. And, and that's really exciting uh, to be able to have that, not worry about that. Uh, You know, and we work with some really good people like, you know, um, I definitely, you know, our sea salt comes from the Amigan sea salt company. So it's, it's locally made sea salt, Uh, really nice, big crystals. Uh, I think a lot of it, it it kind of is much more like when you have a French butter with those big salty chunks. Sure. That's kind of how our I like to like talk about our sea salt butter, which okay. is really good. And um, we work with Docs Maple in Upstate New York as well on our maple syrup that's uh, supplied for our maple butter. Um, so yeah, some really good local suppliers for those. So uh, it's definitely definitely especially I would say the salt definitely differentiates our butter uh, because you have a lot of salt brands like a lot of salt brands, but also a lot of butter brands that are using like normal salt and yeah. you know, the bigger crystals really do pop and make a huge difference.
3: And yeah, then it's a textural difference. Yeah. As well. It's definitely not, not textural a difference. difference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about what is the, like, what is the current butter yeah. shelf scene look like when someone goes to, uh, you know, a sea town or goes to a whole foods or goes yeah. even to an independent. Um, you know, I feel like, You know, in my, in, you know, in my, in the recent past, when I was running a grocery store, compound butters, there were not really that many out there. Like there was unsalted butter, which everybody says is best for baking. And then there's salted butter, which for a long time, people kind of were like no salted butter ever, but like salted butter is delicious. Salt tastes great. So why not have salt already in your butter? Um, You know, and those to me felt like those were the two differentiators. And then you have things coming in, you know, you have like, I mentioned earlier, like the Finlandia butter and the Kerry butter from Ireland that are, you know, theoretically country of origin branded, whether that matters or not. I mean, you know, theoretically the Kerry butter is all grass fed, so it has a
4: slightly higher, you know, it's a little yellower. Yeah. There's carotene in there, but. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean. I think the butter scene has definitely changed a lot. Uh, You know, when I got into this, I did a little bit of research. I mean, I I stomped the pavement, walked around, really checked out what was going on. And, you know, I think, you know, growing up, I, you know, uh, and I'm not that old, um, you know, we had, you know, there was like the breakstone whipped butter. Then you had, yeah, like you said, the salted, unsalted. And occasionally you'd see herb, herb butters out there, especially like at farmer's markets, And, you know, I think a lot of people just didn't know what to do exactly with that. But I think now you really, um, you know, you're starting to see all these local brands. uh, And especially like New York State is the third highest dairy producing state in the country after Wisconsin, California. And it's pretty crazy that until recently we really haven't had like a local butter scene here. Yeah. And now you're seeing a lot of farmers bring... Uh, you know butter to market here that's local butter and it's crazy that you weren't able to get that until recently but now there's so many people uh, doing that that you're having all these craft butters out there uh, but you know I still noticed there really was a niche that wasn't being filled of compound butters like you weren't having ones that were like really accessible like flavor wise like you could have a wild thyme butter or, like there's occasionally garlic and herbs I'd see but you know, um, no one told you what to do with them either. Like, yeah. can you cook with them? Can I just put them on toast? And like, they're,
3: and they're not, I mean, yeah. compound butter is not that hard to make at home. Yeah. Except that, you know, for me, I was really excited when I discovered your product to think, you know, cause sometimes at home I'll be like, Oh, I wish, like, I wish that this yeah. butter had garlic in it or had chives in it or had something in it, Yeah, but I'm not going to do that like while my bagel is toasting. You know what I mean? And so like the idea that like, oh, well, I could have lemon butter and then I can have sriracha butter and then I can have, you know, sea salt butter just sitting on the shelf that someone else has already done that work. Like they're not, they're not actually hard to make, but that doesn't mean that it's something you can't buy. Right. Like pasta is not hard to make.
4: Yeah. No, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, there's, it's definitely, I've gotten that from some, from people they are like, so I just like mix sriracha and butter. I was like, you could, but like, you know, would you think to do that? And like, would yeah. that be like something you're going to do? And it's, it's like very funny. Cause I'm like, it, it is a, you know, compound butters are literally butter and an ingredient mixed together. So it isn't that difficult to do, but then, you know, at the end of the day, um, exactly like you said, like, is that something like, especially if you're coming home from work, like, you know, you're going to make some cod for dinner and you're like, well, how do I spice this up? You just, you know, slab some sriracha butter on it, put it in the oven, you're good to go, and. And that's kind of a, a way I like to talk about our product is it's much more than just a spread. It's really, I like almost, it could be a sauce, it could be a cooking medium, like you could do whatever you want with it. Um, and really, I think that's the biggest thing we're uh, trying to get out there right now. And especially by doing demos and uh, hopefully, you know, getting on this show and, and talking to more people is is This is not just a spread. There's so much you can do with that. And I think once I'm able to, like, communicate that idea to people, they're like, oh, and their eyes kind of light up and they're they like understand exactly kind of what the product is is supposed to be used for. And and then they see, like, this is something I want to have in my kitchen because uh, it will be something I can use in, in my everyday cooking. Right. Awesome. We're
3: going to take a short break and hear from our sponsor today, which is Wild Alaska Pollock. And when we come back, uh, we'll keep talking about grease and butter.
1: (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Wild Alaska Pollock. The Fish of the Future Wild Alaska Pollock is incredibly delicious, highly nutritious, and perpetually sustainable. Among the last frontier's many natural wonders, Wild Alaska Pollock just might be the state's best-kept secret. This cousin to cod has lean, snowy white meat, delicate texture, and a mild flavor that makes it extremely versatile and tasty. Only pollock caught in Alaskan waters by U.S. fishermen can be labeled Wild Alaska Pollock. Unlike other Pollock products, Wild Alaska Pollock is filleted and frozen just once within hours of being caught to preserve freshness, flavor, and texture. And now, food service professionals can try Wild Alaska Pollock for free. Request your sample at wildakpollock.com and discover the fish of the future. That's wildakpollock.com.
3: Welcome back to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenbloom and today my guest is Josh Green of Brooklyn Buttery. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, we were talking about butter before the break. We're going to keep talking about butter now that we're here after the break. Um, so... What are some things, Josh, that people should look for when they're buying butter? I mean, obviously there are certain, obviously they should be buying your butter, but (laughs) if they, if they're just looking at the butter case, do you have any tips for people on like, how can you tell if a
4: butter is good or bad or, you know? I mean, I, I'm of the opinion that for the most part, butter is always good. (laughs) Fair point. It's pretty fatty and it's, it's good. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know if you can definitely like local butter um you know definitely usually is of a higher quality than stuff you're getting uh from just some of the mass market butter companies or you know your your key foods or whatever type of like you know hotel bar yeah like hotel bar and stuff like that where the sourcing is kind of questionable and i think i think that's something everybody's kind of looking for today is is like where are things sourced from and and kind of Look at where things are sourced from, and then make that kind of effort to like support local farmers, support local brands. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, uh, butter is butter. It's 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 not like there are certain things that uh, I guess are better than others. Like obviously, you know, you have uh, your Brooklyn butter. You have your, uh, you know, they're like I, you know, Kerrygold's great. And yeah. then uh, there's definitely some other local brands as well. And I would say like if that's there, like go for it. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, the European butters are good. Everything's good. I like, I can't even name a butter I've had that's been bad. Sure. sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely.
3: But I, but I do think, I mean, to your point yeah. that like, it is a little bit like you get what you pay for. Exactly. Right? You can buy exactly. the cheapest butter exactly. and will be fine. Yeah. But if you pay a little bit more, you're gonna have butter that's
4: better. No, that's definitely true. If you're, if you do pay top dollar, your butter experience will definitely be better. And especially yeah. if you're just like spreading it on, on bread or toast, like you're going to, you're going to taste that difference between right. a butter that is, you know, on the cheaper end and, and one that is like a higher quality uh, like locally sourced type of butter for okay. sure.
3: Now, what about butter sculptures? Have you ever done any sculpting in butter?
4: You know, I had an idea. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll do it one day is I had like a great like idea. I was like, it'd be so cool to sponsor a butter carving contest in, oh, in, yeah. in, in like Coney Island
3: that would be amazing. and have
4: like that kind of like be like a Brooklyn buttery event, like kind of like how Nathan's has their hot dog contest. Yeah. Why can't there be a Brooklyn buttery butter sculpting contest? So, um, I have personally not attempted it. Uh, I, I'm I wonder if
3: you th- can keep it in the, th- like to me, when I think yeah. of, of, butter sculpting and butter sculpting contests,
4: I think of state fairs. Yeah. Right. I mean, in the,
3: in the Midwest, like that's where that stuff happens. Oh, yeah, I've seen absolutely. it like in a, ref- like they have a cool, like a refrigerated yeah, yeah, room, like yeah. a yeah. glass walk in yeah. people are in there carving busts of presidents and shapes and yeah. like still lifes <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, the Queens County Farm Museum, I know it's not Brooklyn, yeah. but the Queens County Farm Museum does, you know, some like country fair style stuff in the fall. Yeah, it might be kind of cool to coordinate and collaborate with them on that.
4: Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, I, I just recently learned of, of them, uh, I would say about a month ago. And uh, yeah, that would be something really cool to, to do. Because I think, um, you know, let's bring the state fair to New York City. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get the deep fried Oreos. <laughs> they do deep fried butter too, which I, I have I, you ever had it. I have never had deep fried butter. Um, I love butter, but yeah. <laughs> I don't, I just don't know if that's like next level, like cardiac issues <laughs> kind of going on. I <laughs> mean, I have to
3: say when I think of deep fried butter, to me, it sounds gross. I mean, it's sort of yeah. like, it's like, you know, it's like chicken Kiev, which like is yeah. kind of awesome, but like, you're just cutting into like liquid butter. That's yeah, like in a piece exactly. of Chicken. Yeah. Um, and to me, like the idea of biting into what looks kind of like a corn dog, but is just like butter sounds yeah. really gross however the caveat i would give is that if it was yeah. maple it's true compound butter it's true
4: or, a, cooked, sriracha or butter. a sriracha That's or sriracha or
3: lemon or like you could do like a twist of those yeah like soft serve style That's like true
4: you know you could just eat butter i've actually seen several people when i was at farmer's markets uh doing those people would be like do you have spoons and i was like <laughs> it's it's butter it's not ice cream and you'd see these and like i did sometimes have them and you know and i'd be like and then you'd have people eating the butter. They the buy a, they'd buy a container of butter and, and they'd be eating it and i was like you know that's great like yeah. the butter is so good people are just going to eat it but i was a little disgusted in this way <laughs> like just just you know it's a hot summer day and yeah. just eating butter um so uh as far
3: as flavors so you start out with 10 yeah which is a lot yeah You paired that down to four, which are the, you know, the flavors now that are available and we'll be be rolling out uh, to Whole Foods and and other stores as you roll out with bigger distribution. Are you then going to do seasonal
4: flavors or reserve, you know, like the companies
3: will do like their reserve flavors?
4: Yeah, no, I I would love to do like, like for me, I like kind of think of like butter as like a canvas and you could just like kind of play with it and like create different things with it and I think there's so much room to like do really cool things like, you know, chef collaborations, possibly in the future, um, as well as seasonal flavors. Like we we did our rosé butter two, like, two summers ago and I'm gonna relaunch it again this summer. Uh, and that was really good. Like the rosé butter, like for the summer, I think would be great. Uh, you know, we're looking at some fall flavors and I've done some like small uh, test batches and stuff like that of, of other stuff. Like we've done a green tea butter, oh, wow. uh, coffee butter as well. So there's a lot of different, um, you know. I even thought of doing a pumpkin spice flavor for the uh, for, for the fall. As much as that's very uh, cliche at this point, but sure. I, but I it tastes really good because yeah. it's just like a cinnamon spice, like kind right. of really good flavors. So it's uh, there's definitely stuff coming out. There's going to be more once we kind of solidify the the main business. I think there's going to be a lot of room to really do, uh, you know, seasonal flavors and, and work with really cool chefs and and companies to kind of create. Uh, new twists on butter. So I'm excited awesome. for that to come. Yeah, yeah. that's
3: great. Um, and I noticed, I mean, there's lots of great recipes on your yeah. site and people can order the butter online yeah. if they so, don't live in New York. I mean, right now you're yeah. distributed around in the city. Right.
4: So. Yeah, right now, just New York City. Um, yeah, so you could order through Goldbelly. Belly. Uh, so goldbelly.com slash uh You can order the products there. So we sell in four packs uh, we sell our signature four pack and, or you could get a four pack of any flavor you want.
3: Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, so what are some, like, what are, you know, not, I mean, I know you don't want to play favorites, but like, yeah. what are some, you know, what are a, a couple of accounts in New York? So if someone was going shopping today and they're like, yeah. I'm going to be out shopping, where can I find this?
4: Uh, yeah. So we're in, uh, we're in Brooklyn fair. Um, I'm just going to name like the bigger yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, just, sure. I think that's easier. So we're in West, we're in, we're in a couple of the West side markets as cool. well. Um, you know, we're in Foragers and Dumbo. Let's see, Calustian, Sahatis, awesome. uh some really good places, is as well in Brooklyn Heights. Uh Chickies over in uh Bedsty. We're over in um let's see. There's a lot. Um
3: well, yeah. I guess I guess what I would yeah. say is,
4: if you go shopping today and you're looking yeah. for it and you
3: don't see it, ask for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? if, you, if
4: you don't see it, please ask for it. And if you do need to, and if you would like to find a store near you, um, definitely go check out uh, BrooklynButtery.com, and we have a we have a page where you enter your zip code and you can find like the closest store in your neighborhood. So, um, you know, we're we're all over. So awesome.
3: Um, well, we're we're just about out of time. But do you have any? Do you have any like events coming up or like any markets that you're doing in the winter or are you sort of done with that for the winter?
4: We're kind of done. We're, we're, we're done with that for the winter. We did the Brooklyn chili festival uh, with our sriracha butter in the fall and festivals are a lot. And I'm, and, and, you know, I'm doing demos to like several times a week. It's like, it's so kind of just taking it easy, really focusing on growing the company, um, you know, working now that we have like a, a distributor and, and, you know, we're working on getting a co-packer together. It's just really yeah. about kind of, uh, I guess, you know, circling the wagons and, and working on the core products and making sure that we have that ability to grow and managing that um, that growth and making sure we do right. it in a way that we're able to you know, not burn out or, yep. or, uh, overextend ourselves.
3: Great. I mean, I think, I think that's really smart. I think that, uh, you know, those are things that it's very easy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pitfalls yeah. along the way. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I, I, commend you for sort of really recognizing those potential areas of, you know, difficulty and kind of planning around those to yeah. really grow the business to where you want it to be.
4: No. Yeah. And I think, I think meeting, uh, other people in the space who've been successful and kind of learning from their stories is, is, uh, is definitely a huge part of like seeing kind of that path forward and, and understanding like how to avoid those pitfalls or there's certain things regardless of how much you plan for, I think that happen. but making sure that you're able to manage that and, and not, uh, you know, not fall victim to them.
3: Right. Awesome. Well, you can find out more, uh, at brooklynbuttery.com and you can follow along on Instagram at brooklynbuttery. Um, thanks so much, Josh. For coming yeah. Thank you so today. much for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Feast Your Ears today. Uh, I'm Harry Rosenblum, and please go to heritageradionetwork.org gala and sign up, buy tickets, Buy tickets even if you're not going to come. Even if you don't live in New York, buy tickets anyway um, or become a member of the station because we can certainly use your support. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday, but today is Cyber Monday. So you should be on the internet today buying tickets and tomorrow you can go online and you can donate to Heritage as well. We'd love to see you there twice. You can find me on Instagram at the Foodballer, and I'll talk to you next week.